For WMRA News, I'm Kimberly Daggy. Attorney General Mark Herring sues the town of Windsor over discriminatory law enforcement practices. Nine Confederate statues in Richmond could find a new home in a museum. When the General Assembly convenes next month, lawmakers will consider a bill to allow hunting on Sundays. And Jeff Shapiro and Michael Pope discuss the week in Virginia government and politics. This is the WMRA Daily for Friday, December 31st. Attorney General Mark Herring filed a lawsuit on Thursday against the town of Windsor, where police held an Army lieutenant at gunpoint during a traffic stop last year. The lawsuit aims to force the small town to reform its police department, as Whitney Evans with Partner Station VPM reports. Herring's office conducted an investigation shortly after a video of the traffic stop circulated on social media last spring. Army 2nd Lieutenant Karen Nazario was in uniform when he was pulled over by Windsor police officers, pepper sprayed and detained. Herring said the incident indicated much larger and deeper problems within the department. The officer's conduct was done knowing that they were being videoed which means that they thought they could get away with this without any repercussions. Herring said the investigation found racial disparities in traffic stops and vehicle searches. The department also had no defined use of force policy. It's the first time the Virginia Attorney General's office has sued a law enforcement agency. Windsor Police did not respond to requests for comment. Whitney Evans reporting. Applications for Virginia's new mortgage relief program will open on Monday. The program aims to distribute over $250 million of federal money. To be eligible, homeowners must have been financially impacted by the pandemic, either through a loss of income or an increase in living expenses. Limits on household income also apply. The program mirrors Virginia's rent relief program, which is also accepting applications. Virginia has distributed over $500 million of housing relief throughout the pandemic. Information on applying for relief available at virginiamortgagerelief.com or at 1-833-687-8677. Nine Confederate statues in Richmond could find a new home in a museum under a plan announced on Thursday. One of those statues is of Confederate General Robert E. Lee, which became a rallying point for activists and artists last year. Also with partner station VPM, Ben Pavia reports. Governor Ralph Northam and Richmond Mayor LeVar Stoney, both Democrats, say their plan would help depoliticize the debate over what to do with the statues. Under their proposal, the statues and their pedestals would go to the Black History Museum in Richmond. That museum would work with the Valentine, Richmond's oldest museum, to spend at least two years gathering input from the public on how to display the pieces. The plan requires sign-off from Richmond City Council. The statues were removed by protesters and workers hired by the city and state during protests against police brutality last year. Some activists say there's been too much focus on the statues and not enough on efforts to reform policing. Ben Pavier reporting. When the General Assembly meets next month, lawmakers will consider a bill to allow hunting on Sundays. From Virginia Public Radio, Michael Pope reports. Hunting in Virginia used to be prohibited on Sundays. 
Then, a few years ago, lawmakers took action to allow hunting on private land on Sundays. Now they're about to consider allowing hunting on public land on Sundays, things like nature preserves or wildlife management areas. Senator Chap Peterson is a Democrat from Fairfax City. We want to compete with other states. I know Maryland has Sunday hunting. That's one of two days that people have off. Otherwise, you got to take a day off from work. And hunting's an important part of our tradition. Critics wonder about other traditions that don't mix with hunting, like hiking or horseback riding. Senator Cree Deeds is a Democrat from Bath County who says he worries that hunting might crowd out other things people want to do on Sundays. Hunting is activities that by necessity excludes other things. You know, you don't want to get in the way of a stray bullet. Lawmakers will be debating this bill when they gavel into session on January 12th. I'm Michael Pope. The head of Virginia's parole board says she received a confidential subpoena earlier this year. The Richmond Times-Dispatch reports that Chairwoman Tanya Chapman mentioned the subpoena in an April email to employees requesting months of emails and other records. No reason was given for the subpoena, and the sender was not identified. The subpoena arrived around the time the board was questioned over how it made decisions about releasing prisoners. Chapman did not respond to a request for comment by the newspaper. Governor-elect Glenn Youngkin says he plans to replace all five members of the parole board when he is sworn in on January 15th. Virginia will likely hold elections for the House of Delegates for three consecutive years. That's one of the subjects that Jeff Shapiro of the Richmond Times-Dispatch and Virginia Public Radio's Michael Pope discuss regarding the week in government and politics in the Commonwealth. All right, so Virginia is heading into this strange territory where we might end up with three consecutive years of House of Delegates elections. Might sound strange, but Virginia has been there before. Jeff Shapiro, a very similar situation happened in the early 1980s. What was going on then? Oh, yeah. Blast from the past. Uh, Let's put it this way. The House of Delegates uh, was intent on doing everything, and I mean everything, but fully implementing single member districts. Uh, The House's resistance, this was a Democrat-controlled House, uh, was viewed by any number of people, the Reagan Justice Department, civil rights organization, election reform groups, as nothing more than a very determined effort to dilute, if not undercut, the voting strength of black Virginians. The Democrats were insistent, in some cases, on so-called at-large districts, if you will, in which pools of legislators and legislative candidates ran together. It also meant that folks were elected on slates, and sometimes the weakest candidates were elected. Talk about a form of incumbent protection. (laughs) So I'm wondering what it was actually like to go through three consecutive years where year after year after year, these these elected officials, the candidates had to stand for office. What was that actually like? Well, the courts ordered this by-election in 1982, and there were matchups, among them one up in the Charlottesville area, that because of these altered lines made for an altered result. So a Democratic incumbent by the name of Jim Murray in 1981 dispatched a Republican challenger by the name of George Allen. We would hear a lot about him in out years. The next year in that special by-election, the lines altered because of litigation and these various struggles uh, with the Justice Department and plaintiffs. The district elected George Allen. 
to the House of Delegates. So the upshot of single-member districts was to really hasten the growth at the local level of locally elected Republicans in what was an old South-style, large-D Democratic state. So we are in our modern era here headed to a situation where we're very likely to see House of Delegates elections in 21 and 22 and 23. What lessons can be learned from this experience in the early 1980s? Well, I think more than anything, it's clear that when legislators are drawing lines, they are going to draw lines that promote survival and perpetuate power. Uh, That was one of the reasons why this attempted redistricting reform approved by the voters, collapsed. Uh, It's one of the reasons why uh, the court, which the Supreme Court, that is, which undertook this exercise, uh, was able to do it in a somewhat depoliticized, somewhat dispassionate way. Uh, So if one can drain politics or minimize politics and drain and minimize passions, perhaps we come up with districts that are um, more realistic, more reflective of Virginians' shared interests that are compact and uh, relatively easy to find and don't resemble squashed bugs on a windscreen. (laughs) Well, that's all the time we've got for this year. We'll be back next year. My name is Michael Pope, and we've been joined by Jeff Shapiro of the Richmond Times-Dispatch. Happy New Year. Best to you for 22. For WMRA News, I'm Kimberly Daggy. Thank you so much for listening, and Happy New Year.